Hello and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier, author of The Robot Proof Recruiter and a candidate engagement facilitator and speaker, which is now a big, big mouthful. <laughs> um, I'm super, super excited to be co-hosting with Glenn Martin. Actually, again, we do not know which side Glenn's on. This, this live thing is just interesting. Um, who has filled the big holes of Audra, who I believe is at the bottom of the screen, but could be anywhere. <laughs> so we're going to have a whole conversation about what happened to the show. And of course, Glenn Martin is a TA project manager and all-around interim expert. So welcome to the show and welcome Audra Knight for one special last Audra Knight. Thank Audra you. Knight. I think this is fun to talk about because we've been doing our own thing now for about a month or so. So it'll be cool to kind of chat about what we've yeah. been up to, what's been going on. Where'd you go? <laughs> That's what uh, we need to know. Well, I, I'll start, but then we're definitely going to hit on you guys too. Um, <laughs> but, but I've been kind of heads down. Always with a podcast new, interviewer. Right. Um, I've been really heads down on a new role at a new company called Foundation Medicine in Boston. Uh, and it's just been really exciting and so, so much learning to do because they're a science and technology company. And I'm used to the tech side of things and that hiring and recruitment, but the science is so new. So I've had to learn like what a biostatistician is. And I don't even think I said that right. But like there's so many different interesting roles. So I've had to really dive in to try and understand, you know, their hiring needs and then the different ways I can help. Uh, but it's been such an honor. They're so mission driven and telling their story. They have this amazing story, but it hasn't been shared too, too much externally. So I'm just thinking of a million ways that we can share it so that the world knows and that the right type of job seeker will join us. So been very busy with that and kind of taking a break from speaking and kind of events and things this summer, but I do that have I know more show. Just, it's just such a huge job. Yeah. And it was tough on Friday mornings because now I have to go into Boston a lot. So it's hard to commit to, you know, one time per week. It's just too tricky. So whoop. I know my yeah. light just went, I just disappeared in a typical London summer, you know, the light comes. Yeah. Wait, there's goes. actually sun, sun today? Don't be rude. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> hey, speaking of London, sorry, Glenn, I beat you in. I hear through the rumor mill that you may be coming to London. Why? I am. My husband is super, super jealous because I'm going to a talent brand oh. summit in London in October. He's jealous that you're going to Talent Brand Summit or he's jealous you're coming to England without him? Both. I get, to, <laughs> I get to see his friends, I get to see his family, maybe have a few pints, send him a lot of pictures teasing him, but it, it, it's going to be great. It's an awesome event, but then I also have a little time, kind of worked out flight-wise to get a bit cheaper flight that I had to stay at quite a bit longer. <laughs> so that's okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so I'm hoping to see you guys. We're working on some plans, right? Yeah, totally. So what are you doing at the event? I'm not telling you. Because you're attending. It's interesting. I'm actually, no, I'm not speaking. And uh, they don't actually have technically speakers. They're facilitators and it's workshops. All the the facilitators organize a workshop and then you work with the people at your table doing the workshop and they help with it. So it's weird. They're not speakers, but I'm not actually one of those. I did do that um, at their event in Austin and I'm I'm actually going to be like a U.S. correspondent and I'm going to be sharing stories and I'm um, doing some videos and, and some interviews and um, just sharing the story of it so we can kind of publicize Wicked. it. So when when can people see you there and how are you streaming these stories? Is it going to be through your, your kind of social media? Uh, we're still working that. I think it's going to a little, be a little bit of both. It's, this is really new to us because the Austin event we've done two of and it's gone really successful, but it's just such a different location. And so right now we're really focused on, you know, ticket sales and how we can reach employer brand people in Europe. So once we get that sorted, then we're going to really nail down the plan for how to share the story. 
And also because it's such a new format. I know when I looked at it, I was a bit confused. I was going, well, I'm sorry, what are you doing? So just, yeah, I think a lot more information about how the actual day flows would really help people understand investment as well, yep. which I found quite interesting as That's well. actually what I think is the best part about it is that normally you go and you see like 15 speakers, say, and you learn from them, where this event, you actually learn from all the attendees too, which yeah. I think is cool. I think that we could share that better. Yeah, yeah it's totally cool. It's a lot more interactive as well, right? Yes, absolutely. You get to know, really and they cap it at so many people, so you can actually really get to know the people that are there, which I think is cool. So it's really a proper yeah. workshop. Yep, two days of just yep. all different workshops. You definitely have to keep us posted so we can uh, kind of give a shout out on future shows when, uh, when everything is kind of finalized. That'd be wicked. So, employer branding. <laughs> Massive topic. <laughs> and I, so the reason I say that is right is I think people are still, oh, companies are still slightly confused as to what employer branding is because there's so many different kind of segments to it. And you mean I branding, mean, not blanding, right? Yes, branding, <laughs> not blanding. Um, and you know, this is your this is your kind of sweet spot, right, Orsha? So this is a kind of yeah, yeah, shout out for for companies that are really starting that journey. What three things would you sort of say, look, consider this first before you dive into employer branding as a whole. Just think about these things, whether they're kind of internal things that they need to kind of consider and mm. kind of shape up first, or the external factors. What's your your kind of three tips? You're almost before you do anything, do these three things. Uh, well, what's interesting about that is what you need is so different per company. So I could go in as an employer brander for one company and they need completely, they maybe need to work on their culture before they ever even think about externally. Cool. Or you go to one company who has a you know, fantastic culture, but it's just not shared externally. Or you can go to one company that has terrible tools and they need new tools. So that's kind of the tricky part about employer branding is, it's mm -hmm. so it's such a big project with so many different departments and you just need to figure out for your company, which mm -hmm. is interesting because when we say like best practices or these types of things, it just doesn't work because it all, oh, totally depends on the size of your company, the industry, their hiring needs. So I think you really need someone to look at all those pieces and then say for your company, you need these three things. So if you, you were to wave that magic wand over yeah. the whole industry, you would be like, please go and work out what you actually need. Yeah. yeah, and then also differentiation, like you mentioned, the blending. The problem with that is that everyone says we need the review sites, we need this, we need this, and everyone's just doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Nobody's really differentiating, and and that's mm. that's kind of a problem because it just yeah. doesn't feel real. If everyone says we've got the best people, and they all do, well, who really does? So the tricky yeah. part, once you figure out what you need, is how to figure out how to differentiate yourself from your. Mm. I'm pretty sure I got blending from Audrey Glenn, so. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. that from Steve Levy. <laughs> so I got to give him credit. There you go, Steve Levy. It's a shout out to on every yep. show. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So it is. It's quite literally. First and foremost, workshop what you think your kind of branding is about. Start with that kind of internal discovery phase. Yes. And and would you suggest getting somebody externally to come in and help you do that? Because oftentimes, if it's all internal, how do you know you're getting the kind of right perspective on things, right? Yep, so I'm, kind of experts like you and, and Steve to kind of come in and, <laughs> and kind of facilitate that process, right? I don't know if Steve would agree upon that, but... No. Um, <laughs> no. 
Uh, it's interesting because it used to be maybe five years ago, you would just hire an agency and they would do the work. Uh, and it's becoming more and more, and not for every company, but definitely middle and smaller companies, they're hiring a person and then maybe building out a team. Um, but either way, I think it's worth having a look externally, like you said, but that could mean hiring someone that's like, I'm new to this company, so I'm doing an external look. Or that could be if you're maybe a larger company using an agency. Um, but it's just that first look at the whole big picture before you start diving in because you just don't want to work on little teeny projects before you understand the bigger picture. So as yeah, you like, come into an organization, and we're not being specific here, right? This is just any organization. And then you see a problem and then you take that to the powers that be. Have you got any tips for like more junior employer branding people who might be like, how do I get their buy-in? Like I'm looking at it as an outsider. Mm -hmm. you got yeah. uh, one advice I thought was so interesting um, was from Alison Cruz, where mm -hmm. she was talking about getting executive buy-in and she said, think of it like personas. She said, your uh, IT person is going to need to be talked to differently and that's a different persona to sell versus yeah. your versus your creative director. They're going to be totally different pitches. And I love that way of thinking about it. Like we talk about personas for candidates, mm. but it's also personas for getting buy-in. I think that was really interesting. We yeah, did. that's very okay. true, isn't it? The finance yeah. strict, it's all about the bottom line, isn't it? So I guess you're right. going in with that productivity angle mm. as opposed creative to the creative director, with the... Look beautiful. You don't look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think showing who you're pitching to is yeah. super key to how you pitch it. Yeah, really. I like that. That's really clever. We'll just have to get Cruz back on the show. It's been a yeah. while. <laughs> Why not? They're all at um, Social Recruiting Strategies this week. I know, we're not there. Mind you, we always did San Francisco, didn't we? Yeah. They're we're actually just, mixing it we up need to find an, We need to find an East Coast one. Say yes. that again? What'd you say? They're mixing it up a little bit. Uh, the oh. SRSC is going to be combined with Employee eBrandCon Con right. and Sourcing Strategy Summit. So all three together, and they're going to have like quite a few more people in January. So oh. that'll be interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Cool. Yeah. And what, what cool tools are out there at the moment, Audra, in your world? What, what, uh, and it, I'm not necessarily saying you've kind of adopted them for the company working for the moment, but maybe just stuff that you've seen, you're kind of like, yeah, that could be cool, that could be quite useful. Yep. Uh, so I'm actually excited because when I was thinking about this job and talking to the director, um, the first thing I asked is, uh, what ATS do you use? And it was <laughs> I won't mention, but it's what you can imagine is not ideal. So the first thing I said before I even took the job was that I need a CRM or sometimes they're called recruitment marketing platform um, so I could get my job done because otherwise I literally couldn't have any data or any way to do like emails or landing pages. So um, thankfully, and that was part of the reason I took the job, he was completely down and understood the importance. So that was my first tool for this company. But again, it's because that that's what this company needed. If they had some awesome APS that maybe has a CRM that works, hey, that's great. But um, but I will throw a shout out for Clinch because we're using them again. I did evaluate all of them uh, and they all have different pieces that are all fantastic. But for me, Clinch was just um, perfect for where so, we're at. So why did Clinch clinch it? Mm, oh, that's good enough. I just had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I haven't forgiven Shane because he couldn't come on Friday night. But anyway, right. <laughs> Well, he's a little far away, or was he near? Was he close by? No, he was far away. No, no, no I'm just joking. He got he got bogged down with something, so he couldn't come. But. Yeah. No, truly though, what what why clinch though? Because there are a lot of tools. Yep. So, mm. uh, you know, as an expert in your field, what made you pick that one? Mm -hmm. So two things. One, I love that 
I can, it gives all the tools that I need, but I love there's also a lot of pieces for the recruiters to use. There's these really cool interaction levels, there's watch lists, there's a, a ton of things um, that the recruiters can use the tool to. So I loved that there's gonna be some adoption issues for some people that are super busy, but some recruiters I think are gonna really love it, where I feel like a lot of the other, some of them I definitely looked at were just for me, and, and that's fine too, but this was for all the whole team, uh, but also their customer service for me has been just un, absolutely unbelievable. So I know that if there's a piece where I'm like, you know, this isn't working for me, they'll actually change it. And that's, I've never found that with any other company. So it's just an What I, I love about them again, is like, like I've said all, all the way through the book, is it, you've got to have technology that's produced by recruiters. So, you know, it's a, a, yes, it's a marketing tool, but there's recruiter input for a recruiter industry. It's like so important. So I'm not surprised. Yep. Speaking of that, I'm actually looking at uh, my first hire, and I can't share, but I have someone I'm thinking about hopefully poaching, so stay tuned. Ooh! Ooh. Oh, I've been about whether it should be a marketer or a recruiter, so I've been, that's kind of been my thought. But oh, yeah. whether it should be one or the other. Yeah. Oh, I think people should write little comments about whether it should be a recruiter or a marketer that you hire. I disagree so much about that. Yeah. Interesting. I, I clearly, there's a prize for guessing the person, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> again though it depends on your team and what you need um oh, I, know who it is. I know who it is this person is in the book <laughs> brilliant oops sorry <laughs> i got it audrey what's it like you know because obviously moving from tenable right to, to fm foundation medicine very different companies so very different kind of considerations in terms of the the type of maybe people that you want, maybe background that you're looking at. I mean, what, you know, in terms of this person you're potentially hiring, <laughs> um, potentially, um, <laughs> is there any kind of differentiation in their profile to, to people that you, you might have hired at kind of tenable? Was there any particular kind of recruitment or marketing specialism you thought, yeah, that'd be really, really cool to kind of align to this, this particular challenge? That's a really interesting question, but I don't think, at the level we're looking at, I can almost be that picky because there's not that many employer yeah. brand people in the area as it is, okay, cool, let cool, alone yeah. ones that have, you know, worked at this type or, and I do think, so and I could be wrong, <laughs> but I do think that you could take it to different industries. Not everyone agrees with me, but I think yeah. it's still about learning who your audience is and then using those same skills you already have, but to that audience, as long as you really learn and understand wow. what they care about. Well, I, mean, I, I think the skills are transferable and you learn the industry. Yeah. As long as you take the time to learn your industry. Some people just kind of come in and do their thing. But um, another tip is going to conferences for the industry and not, and also you can go to recruitment ones. That's great too. But yeah, like going to cybersecurity conferences or going to oncology conferences and then really getting to know the people. Once you can do that, I think you can use your same skills. Cool. Yeah, and you completely managed to not give away the person in that answer as well. I thought we might get a little bit. <laughs> yeah, on a question of skills, though, I, I did actually give her a little bit of warning. I was going to ask this question because it's a bit mean. So obviously, on top of being an awesome mother and an incredible employer branding expert and, and helping with EB, what's it called again? The conference is over here. I can't bring an alliance. Why do I always think it's the other one? Sorry, Tony and Stoney, not at all confusing that. Um, but you also play ice hockey and you also play bass. So I wanted to know the skills from those that you've brought into work, because obviously yeah. some of them are quite disciplined. Some Good of them question. seem to involve just beer, but I'm kind of curious. 
But I was, this was really interesting because obviously we talked about this just an hour ago and so I've been thinking. Yeah, uh, I had what, to give you a full warning on that question. It was a bit mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, but one that really stuck out is that for the band, booking gigs is exactly, exactly the same as booking speaking gigs. Like they're no different. And I think I'm pretty good at booking gigs for the band because I've kind of had that experience about getting in for speaking gigs. But it's, you would think it would be really different, but it's not at all. Like you gotta have a good band or good content, but then it's yeah. so much more than that. Like the networking piece and the promotion piece. And yeah. it's not just about having great content. So actually on that, cause we obviously you and I get asked all the time, don't we? Cause we're, we speak a lot. So for a new speaker, what would you recommend then? Uh, I mean, I can't remember how I started. I could go just threw myself out there. (laughs) The absolute biggest thing I would say is uh, pitch it. So many people, like I talked to a good friend and I'm like, why are you not speaking? You're this awesome stuff you have to say. And she's like, well, I'm just waiting to be approached. And I was like, well, good luck. You're going to get old because you need to pitch it. Like you need to make it happen. And actually, you know, a million ways you can kind of get in, but just throw it out there. Worst, yeah. You can talk to them and they can say, no way, you're not ready. Okay, well, what can I do to be ready? And and just have the conversation. And every awesome, awesome gig I've gotten is just because I've actually gone out and said, hey, I want to do this. I can do it. But here's why. And I just pitched it. You just and this go is what it. I want to talk about as well. And I think the difference between you and I, so actually now Glenn as well, because you're now more on the freelance. I don't know you're currently working in-house, but obviously as an in-house practitioner, people jump more because of far fewer speak. But certainly on my side, if I'm pitching, I have to make sure that I'm saying I'm adding this value to the audience. Yes. They're going to hear this story, live with this takeaway, that kind yep. of thing. It's again like personas. That person who's organizing the conference, what do they need? And usually it's they want butts and seats. So you need to tell them yeah. how you're going to get butts and seats, whether that's you yeah. have a big brand company, which I don't, or you have a big, and a big name, or you have the best it's content, rich. whatever it is, you're going to say, I'm going to get whatever your problem is, which usually is selling tickets, I'm going to help yeah. you sell tickets and just show them how. It's very true. I, mean, cool. same thing with band. I need to say that the place is going to be packed because you hire us and hopefully it is. <laughs> Depends. From what I've seen, it looks like it always is. <laughs> yeah. Always busy. Always busy. Depends. I mean, in terms of, in terms of kind of events and back to that point around just kind of pitching, I mean, there are events like in, in kind of UK, like Disrupt HR London right. and Cambridge and Good a few more to come. And I, <laughs> You've got to say, it's like, you know, you say about pitching that comes with confidence in, in kind of what you're saying. Sometimes people are just a little bit nervous about, you know, kind of really committing to that. And it could be a big jump. Yeah? So, sure. I mean, it's kind of, how do you know you've got something that's really worth talking about? <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't think, I think you just have to give it a shot. And if it doesn't work. We have work, this problem making Audrey the guest on this show. <laughs> I mean, I think you just got to give it a shot. I mean, that's, maybe that's just my personality. Yeah. I'm always... I'm willing to go outside of my comfort zone. Um, but yeah. if you're not, I would say um, webinars is a good way to start mm-hmm. or also being yeah. on a panel because then you can be a little bit less nervous and you can, uh, it's just not as scary because you're with four people on the stage or so. So I think yeah, being totally. on a is a good way to see if you're really comfortable. And But don't expect to be really comfortable. I still get super nervous. And I don't know if you do, Katrina, but it's okay to be <laughs> nervous. And you're doing something outside of your, something exciting and you're going to be a little nervous. It's, that's totally fine. I, I must admit, I don't anymore, but it's taken in many years. I still do. Yeah, I still do my power posing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Amy Cuddy power pose. Yeah. Um, I think, also I think the other thing is as well, so if you start the panel route or a webinar route, for example, and someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know the answer. And I think that can be terrifying for some people. 
the kind of blag that we do. People don't know anything. Or in the moment with the adrenaline and the nerves, you probably completely forget something that you actually know the answer to. Just say, look, I don't know. Can I come back to you? And come back to them as yep. well, which is people appreciate that, like honesty. I think just the questions themselves are scary and they're still kind of scary to me. Like, what are they going to ask? So I love, yeah. love that tip that it's like, you don't have to know everything and yeah. throw it at the audience. Cause like you said, there's going to be probably someone there if it's not a webinar, but if you're at a, a, an event, mm. there's going to be someone there that's going to be happy to jump in and then you're going to, yeah. they can share their experience. There's a hilarious photo from um, Kuwait. So I, I done a keynote and then was in a panel and I do, I actually prefer the keynotes. So you're a bit more in control and uh, sitting on this panel and there's a photo of my face and my face is going, Oh God, please tell me I can answer this question. Oh God, please let it be relevant to my background because sometimes they haven't actually looked at what you do or what I do is so weird that people don't get it. So they ask you some crazy question. <laughs> it's quite funny. But yeah. I still get that feeling. More but so. that's actually you not a good panel. For a keynote. It's interesting. Yeah. But uh, that's not a good panelist. See, when I run panels, they already all have the questions and they've already agreed that they work for them or they've changed them. And so I think that shows that that's someone that isn't brilliant at panels. Yeah. You've got to get to know like the panelists, right? I think, um, I remember seeing a post like by Hung Lee and I think a few mm -hmm. of us commented on it and he was just like some of the things that you do. And one of them is, you know, you, you get to know the people that are on the mm -hmm. panel, get to kind of understand and, and, and learn a bit about them. So it creates a bit of a kind of rapport and a dynamic. So you're not just sitting there just, kind of firing questions and like and you said I'm not... you more too you yeah, know and yeah. they'll be more comfortable and it's the same with um emceeing you, i you have to talk to every single speaker get to know them and so then when you introduce them they trust you they're more comfortable and you can have more fun with the introductions you got we got to put the work in or it's just false flat. Oh, true. actually having been on both sides of that so you you guys will know about this but um the audience probably won't the when i had that MC and I was in a session. So when you, rather than do a keynote or the whole audience, you've got a session. You are reliant on that MC to introduce you in such a way that people turn up into your room if it's a session. And you put just as much work and energy in to your presentation. And I was just, I mean, what I've been doing this nearly seven years, I was introduced so bad I had seven people in my room. So I think that's the thing of my lesson from that would be I would make sure now that I speak to the MC. Yes so that they know. But that giggle of Cohen saying was Shannon in Europe and I couldn't pronounce half the names and I'm in the night before I was getting so stressed trying to pronounce Cohen's name and I still can't pronounce it. And, but it did make therefore something funny and they were okay knowing I couldn't pronounce a lot of the European names. Mm. It kind of made this common thread of laughing at myself more than anything through the whole thing. So I completely agree. So yeah. having done the prep. Yeah, prep. Prep, um, prep your MC as well. If you've got, you know, you're currently Darth Vader. That's pretty easy yeah. to pronounce. Um, I mean, they should come to you, but if they don't, go to them and say, here's yeah. how I want to be introduced. Here's how we're going to talk about it. Darth Vader down there, right? Yeah, it's kind of an old yeah. joke. I, I randomly put it in like six months ago and it's just stuck. So every time I come on Zoom, <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? But before yeah, we run out of time, attention. I want to hear about this big party that I missed. We got to, I've got to hear about it. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a little party for the because I'm going to try and get this in every show. <laughs> yeah. And I believe if one goes to the index, one will see Knight Audra on mm -hmm. pages uh, 58, 68, 115, and 139 Ooh. because Knight Audra gets that many. So, um, on the, the party on Friday night, Melanie Silverman was being so cute. She's like, I just want to be Silverman Melanie 99 from, from now on. 
<laughs> so um, I was uh, beyond awed. Uh, like I've said so many times, a roller coaster of emotions. And I can't thank you enough for both of you contributing to this book. Um, that's what I wanted. Pleasure. Thank you. So it was a lot of fun and a lot of prosecco. <laughs> yeah, a measure of a good party is the hangover the the, the morning oh. after. There was a there was a hefty hangover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was Amanda Clark photography. I can't recommend her enough. I think it was the two-day hangover because you then have the hangover where you eat crap food and then you have the hangover from the crap food. Good point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now the book's yeah, yeah. like on hold because they all sold out, is that right? They're starting to come through. But I had people who bought a copy or pre-ordered in June that weren't getting their copies and were getting so upset. And I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. I have nothing to do with me. It's through a publisher. Yeah. Um, but it's on the Kindle version now. So I believe in the US you can get the Kindle version. But it's still pre-order in the US until the 28th, which yeah. is really weird. But for some reason, even though the publication date is officially the 3rd of August, it delays for the US until the 28th for all books. It's really Ooh. odd. Yeah. So I don't know how that stuff works. But I don't know. I mean, if anyone to... wants to bulk order, get in touch. I've got a discount code. Um, <laughs> 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 no, the royalties are a charity. I've got to throw that in every so often. Totally. Totally indeed. So what's the, what's the plan for, well, you're, you're doing the UK soon, Audra. What else has got planned over the course of, well, the latter part of, you know, second half of 2019, right? Any I, other conferences? Where can people see you speaking? You know, what's going on? I do have, like I said, I purposely am taking the summer off, head down, doing awesome work. Uh, but I do have, I'm in talks. I can't say their book because I haven't read it by my director yet. So hopefully he says yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm in talks with... Uh, uh, Talent Net Live, Craig Fisher's event, which is in Dallas, and I've never been, and it usually has this amazing crew of awesome people, so hope that works out because that'll be great. Uh, and then so that's in December, and then I'm getting talks with uh, the team over at Social Recruiting Strategies for that kind of big event where they're combining different conferences, uh, but it's still early stages. I'm not sure how I can, you know, best be part of it, but it would be interesting, and hopefully it works out. Sounds cool. Mm. Sounds cool. And how's the ice hockey season going? <laughs> Good. I actually had to take two weeks off because of gigs uh, for the band. And when I went oh, back on Saturday, I almost died. <laughs> so, so I got to more on, on track of keeping up with it. But it's, it's such a blast. I, I the main never... thing is, please do not fall out, like be standing and go over and break your leg again, please. I'm a lot more careful now. I know, only... At least have you slammed into the side, you know, in some bullying session rather than just yeah. falls over. <laughs> I, it was actually a crash. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you just went over. <laughs> oh, no. oh, it was fresh, but it was the way I twisted. But um, oh, it's funny oh, because oh. I'm, I'm more careful, not because I don't want to get hurt, because I know that I won't be able to play anymore if I get hurt again. My husband won't let me, so that's why I'm super careful. To chat about you, because we haven't. What have you been up to? Me? Yeah. I work. <laughs> I didn't expect this coming. <laughs> Typical. She's like forgotten that she's moved on from being show host. Clearly, I'm excited about uh, about sort of um, co-hosting the social recruiting show. I mean, this is as as Kat said at the top of the uh, top of the show. I mean, big shoes to fill, man. Seriously, um, <laughs> thank you very much for your endorsement. Um, you know, it's, it's it's been great, and and having watched the show a lot. I've learned a lot from you, so it'll just it'll be kind of you know looking to kind of you know like you ask those kind of probing questions, really get to the sort of you know the detail, and but equally you know just kind of let people sort of talk about what's really interesting, you know the trends that they're interested in, the kind of tools. That's always important. 
Um, outside of that, as Kat said, you know, I'm freelancing at the moment, so that's really cool. I've got a few kind of clients that are really quite interesting and very different on, you know, that I'm working with. So, and I think that's, that's the beauty of freelancing, right? I, mm. it, it's kind of, you do get to work with a number of different clients and I think it helps to inform a kind of bigger picture around, you know, the kind of the, the wide world of kind of talent acquisition and, and kind of recruitment, level. which, yeah, I mean, it's massive. And, mm. you know, anybody that says they know everything that's going on within it, I, I would challenge them because mm. it's, it's, it seems to be accelerating at such a pace at the moment, whether it's tech, whether it's kind of new practices, um, and new trends, you know, you just kind of select the stuff that you think is really interesting to work for you and, and run with that, right? Yeah. Is it more uh, sourcing so yeah. or all around talent acquisition? Yeah, so it's, um, I, I hesitate to use <laughs> the word strategy, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of projects and, and sourcing and delivery. So it's a, a combination of both, which I, I find really um, interesting. And I, I always want to keep the sourcing piece because I just love talking to people. Mm. So I wouldn't want to lose that part. You know, you get so far removed from it that it is strategy numbers and kind of statistics. I still just want to be able to sort of talk to people about a new opportunity and just feel the mm. vibe and buzz from them as we kind of go through the process. So yeah, combination of both. And that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm really happy, you know? Nice. So Audrey Knight, we're running out of time, literally a minute or two left. Um, where can people find you? How can they contact you? Are you open to contact? Yeah. Now you're Darth Vader. I'm not sure you will be. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You can do LinkedIn, Audra Knight. I think I'm probably the only one or there can't be many. It, it helps to have a name like that because I'm super easy to find. True. And totally. on Twitter, you're media tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I got to yeah. fix that one of these days. It's <laughs> but hey, but luckily you can still search Audra Knight and because it's an unusual name, you can find me. Up you come. Awesome. So, thank you so much for coming and being on the other side, which was a bit, a little bit of a battle because you're a bit like, no, I like interviewing. Like, no, I can't really. keep watching the shows and be promoting the shows and supporting them. I'm going to be here 100%. Can't wait. Cool. But we just wanted to see where you were going and wish you all the very best as well. Thank you. 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 Thank you.